now I'm like the people. Don't listen to what people say. Do what you want to do, and, you know. <laughs> Hi, I'm Brooke Melhouse. Welcome to Disabled and Proud, the podcast that does exactly what it says on the tin. Each week, the show highlights an awesome disabled guest speaking about their own disability, why they're proud to be disabled, and why they're proud to be themselves. Monique, welcome to Disabled and Proud. How are you today? Uh, yeah, I'm actually doing pretty good today. Yeah, not 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 too much of a busy day. <laughs> oh, that's that's always the way that you want it to be, isn't it? Like not too busy, but busy enough. So first, ge- uh, first question that I ask every single guest on the podcast is, how do you refer to your disability? Yeah, so I have, it's a bit of a mouthful, um, osteogenesis imperfecta type 3, which is also known as brittle bone disease, mm-hmm. but it's not a disease, um, which means that I break my bones really easily. I've broken them quite a few times. Um, <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm three foot five on a good day and I'm a full-time wheelchair user <laughs> I love that you were like you know three foot five on a good day like that that <laughs> extra like those those inches count <laughs> and and you were obviously born with your disability as well and I know that a lot of people who are born with brittle bone disease it's not necessarily like always known until like myself it wasn't known that you were going to be born disabled until you were like actually born was that the same with you yeah so they diagnosed me like a few days old um which in some ways I'm kind of lucky because I know people that were diet weren't diagnosed for a while but um yeah apparently it, it came to light because I was a very quiet baby people would not believe that right now um <laughs> and um the only time apparently that I cried was when they changed my nappy and uh, back in the day they used to lift your legs to uh-huh. change your nappy um where my legs were broken um so every time they changed my nappy I cried and they found oh it really goodness. weird yeah that, that that was the only time so they found out my legs were healing but because they then did that they, yeah. they, they broke them again and that's that's how it came about but yeah oh my goodness and like obviously I have never touched wood oh my god touch all the wood in the world I've never broken a bone <laughs> but like as as a baby especially because you like you don't have words like you have sound and that's maybe it like that must have been like like and obviously I don't think you really remember either I mean like correct me if I'm wrong but it must have just like been so painful there's like a little baby having your legs like flung in the air <laughs> and being like please stop <laughs> Yeah, most definitely. I can I can imagine how I would have reacted and it yeah. would be extra dramatic. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> and with that, what was it like for you growing up at school? Because obviously, because you, you didn't acquire your disability, you were born with your disability. What was that like for you as you were growing up and like through the tra- like transitioning years? Yeah, so when I was very young, like I started school, so as I remember, or my mum told me when I was two. Um, so I went to what they now call an SEN school um, uh-huh. or SEND, a special educational uh, needs in school. So that wasn't um, because of my development um, education-wise. That was because of the care that I needed for when I broke. It wasn't if I broke, it was when I broke. Because yeah. um, as you can imagine, as a little kid, you know, try- trying to run around, are you crawling and getting into all kinds of trouble? So, yeah, it had the care there. And I was there from two till about nine years old. Uh-huh. So between those years, like, it was weird. I, I 
I didn't realize I was very different. Yeah. Um, everybody in my school was different. So do you know what I mean? It was like, it was no biggie. And then it wasn't until I went to mainstream, which was mm-hmm. nine-ish, uh, nine, ten-ish. Um, and I was at a primary school for like a year and a half. Um, firstly, I realized I had to catch up on a lot of work. Yeah. Because I've been, well, not been as a kid, but obviously as an adult now. Um, and my mum had realized that even though I had a physical disability only, um, they taught everybody the, the same, same way. Yeah. So, yeah, I had to catch up quite a bit. Um, but that was the sort of first time I realized I was a little bit different and couldn't um, do things because... Uh-huh. You know, unlike being at an SEM school, everything was sort of adapted for you. Yeah. I.e. games playing out and in a mainstream school, it's not. If a kid wants to play tag and run really, really fast to get away from you, they will. They won't slow down on purpose yeah. <laughs> so you can catch yeah. them, you know. So it's things like that. Um, and then I went to high school um, and that's when I really knew that, yeah, I'm different and I also can't do things the same way as everybody yeah. else so in primary school it's like oh I can't do that but in high school it's like I just can't do it the same way as you can um yeah. so yeah it was, it was like a big revelation at one point and then it was like eh, I can just do it my own way so yeah it's and it's a lot about adaption as well because I think people especially with younger children and and like kids who are disabled it's almost like adults and I I always think back to my school it's like teachers were afraid of the adaptions because they didn't know what was going to happen and I I didn't either like I had no idea whether something was going to work out or not but I knew that I had to give it a go and it's almost allowing for that space for a disabled child to have a go at adapting and like if you need to step in and intervene we will let you know but don't do it until we shout exactly yeah exactly especially for high school for me it was so difficult because um like my mum said I was quite an independent child so I mean I was doing silly things I shouldn't be doing like climbing on cupboard sides and all kinds (laughs) of things and not like literally I must have given my mum a heart attack daily and so then when I'm going to school and like literally there was a situation where and now this is going to show my age but in when we were in school we used to have like these wooden ladder things up the walls yeah like like, people climb so yeah like a teacher would turn around and I'd be halfway up the wooden ladder thing because I wanted to give it a go and they'd freak out or I'd be like on the um the crash mats doing like roller polies and stuff and they'd freak so yeah it was and it was weird to see people freaking out so often whereas my mum was like come on now stop (laughs) <laughs> kind of thing or it would be either that or boom I've broken something and it's all too late so yeah it was it was it was mad to see and that's when like the the handcuffs sort of came out it felt like it where you're like you can't do that you can't do that you can't go there you can't do this you can't do that on your own I was like oh my word yeah <laughs> it is and it is so mad because obviously like being a wheelchair user and I and I know you'll know this I obviously don't that's not my experience but I know that health and safety can play a, like such a big role in in what people believe you can and can't do because like because you're you're in your chair and people are suddenly like oh my god like wheelchair health and safety oh my god what am I going to do if this happens and they're going to blame me because you're a wheelchair user blah 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 so that must have been like another element on top of it as well yeah 
<laughs> yeah, that was a little bit crazy because I didn't know what health and safety was. <laughs> so I did. I just warmed everybody up and I did everything dangerously. So um, I just made it worse for everybody at school, to be fair. But um, yeah, and because I was always, a lot of the kids like in my school, if they were in wheelchairs, they also had a manual wheelchair. Yeah. Whereas I always had electric wheelchairs. So um, <laughs> yeah, I'd always be like speeding really fast down the corridors. But I was always sensible as in if there's a crowd, I'd go at like speed three and, and the guys in electric wheelchairs know what I mean. And then if there's not, it, you know, everybody's in class and you've just popped to the loo or whatever and there's nobody there, you vomit down the longest corridor at full <laughs> speed and then, you know, try and, like, break up all the wheelie at the end and you sort of forget that there's probably a teacher walking behind <laughs> you and shouting at you. But, you know, things like that. But, yeah, health and safety, wheelchair-wise, no, didn't know what that was. And I constantly clash. I do it now as an adult. I clash into doors with my wheelchair yeah, and that used to just scare everybody. So no, I don't know what I don't know what that is. I don't know what health safety is with real tests. <laughs> I love that so much. And during all of this, how did your disability and and being a wheelchair user how did that impact your career and your career choices? Oh wow! So I always wanted to um, do some sort of arts. I was uh-huh. quite arty, dancing making things I can't draw to save my life so just me oh me I I studied history of art and I can barely draw a stick man it's it's embarrassing (laughs) yeah that's the same with me Um, but yes anything arty like I I not that not to be a big head but it was the biggest the highest marks I got in school anyway so I was quite good at it um and I enjoyed it and I remember I got to that point in like year 11 when you speak to a careers advisor and they're like, yeah, um, the arts isn't really a career. So maybe what else do you like doing? And I've literally set myself on just doing something in the arts. Yeah. And they, and again, it's because of my disability. And, you know, and I, I remember like everybody else around me saying, you need to do something academic because mm-hmm. you are really going to struggle doing anything else. So, yeah, it was the, the perception that I couldn't do. Yeah a career in the arts so yeah I literally followed that and went down the path of traveling tourism and tourism management because I told the careers advisor I like to travel I like to go on holiday um, and yeah, that was a big mistake exactly right but yeah that was a big mistake because it was completely different from what they told me and what I imagined also so yeah it was very businessy and very knowing the environment and all kinds of stuff that I had yeah, I've just not got that kind of brain. You know, I had yeah. to do law at one point with it, with university. It was like, oh, my God. Yeah, so <laughs> it was a lot. <laughs> and it's so interesting because obviously, like, what you do now in terms of activism is so far removed from that. And you've worked with some, like, incredible companies and some brilliant campaigns. And how did you get involved in that? Um, I don't know. I think... I just was very reluctant all the way through like college and high and college and, high, college and university. Um, and even though I was told there was no work in the arts for somebody like me, yeah. um, I would still do like look, go to little workshops and stuff and, and do, you know, like summer schemes and things like that. Yeah. But I've always still dabbled in the arts throughout. And then I think that the sort of biggest turning points because there were a few. Um, I worked at a, um, a school, um, an SEM school, and the first point is uh, dance-wise. 
So I got caught dancing on reception. I worked in reception. I wasn't just a stranger that walked in the school and started <laughs> dancing at reception. But, you know, <laughs> I worked on reception at this school. And there was, there was this lady that used to come in and teach the kids in the main hall wheelchair dance. Um, and, yeah, I got caught dancing at reception. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, hi. Um, and she was like, yeah, you should come to dance classes. So that's how that the dance side of it sort of happened. Yeah. I started going after a while. Um, I really enjoyed it. And, yeah, that was sort of the dance, the dance bit. The dance bit then links into, like, the modeling bit because yeah. it was my dance teacher. He, my dance teacher just, like, sent my information off. Um, I always say, like, I was literally minding my own business on holiday, so I get an email at, like, 3 a.m. or something saying, can you send more pictures to this uh-huh. place? I've sent your stuff, your, your information off. And I was like, what is this? So, yeah, and that's how I got into the modeling. So, yeah. <laughs> um, But, yeah, yeah, you're right. It's very, very different from, <laughs> from traveling tourism. Yeah, so like it's so different. And I think yeah. what's so brilliant about it is that even though you were told like you wouldn't be able to necessarily be involved in the arts, you knew that that's what you wanted to do. And you knew that like like no amount of people putting shit on your fire, like excuse the language, but no amount of people doing that was going to stop you doing what you wanted to do and what you wanted to get out of it. And I think for a lot of disabled people, like we are constantly to- like told no or doors are closed in our face. But if you know that you want to do something, you should absolutely go after it because you never know where it's going to lead. Definitely. I mean, I feel like because I was sort of shut down so many times, I did, it did get to the point where, you know, I was like, okay, maybe I can't. And that's why I, I did the travel and tourism and tourism management. But there was always something that I was like, at least I can do it as a hobby, maybe, yeah. you know. So, like, I was disheartened, but not completely. Um, but now I'm like to people, don't listen to what people say. Do what you want to do, and, you know. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> like, go after what you want to do, because it, it, is, it is true, as like dis- especially disabled women, because there is yeah. a difference between how disabled men and disabled women are treated. And I know a lot of people are going to yeah. be like, oh, how dare you say that? But but there is because I look at my guy friends who are disabled and I look at me, the amount of hate that I get compared to the amount of hate that they get is like it's, it's shocking. like It's palpable. I even had a friend text me the other day being like, yeah, I always thought you were over exaggerating like what people said to you, but you're not. And I was like, no, I know I'm not. Like. <laughs> And like to, to go after what you want as a disabled woman is it's, it's such a revolutionary act and it's almost just like a massive F you to like to society to prove that not and not that you should have to prove a point to anyone, but the point is is that you can do it. Oh yeah, yeah. I it definitely got to a point where I was like, watch me, watch me, just watch me. I can do it and I will do it. Yeah. You know, um and, and I mean there was a point in my life as well where I was mentoring um kids with disabilities. And I think that sort of pushed me in my own mind to be like, look, you, you really like doing this thing. <laughs> maybe try and go after it a little bit more than just a hobby or work harder at it so you yeah. may be able to get further. So, yeah, yeah. Just people that do that and just, like, assume that you shouldn't because of how you are really bugs me. Just yeah. really frustrates me. And they never get to know you, like, especially, like, I find as a disabled woman, especially, you know, um, they, they, people just don't try to get to know you. They just mm. automatically think, 
oh, yeah, yeah, that's how you are, and this is how you act, and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, no, <laughs> it's not all. And then they're shocked when I open my mouth and I'm like, as they, as some people call it, sassy or, you know, say whatever. And yeah. I don't know. Or even when I'm laughing a lot, I find it so baffling because I do giggle a lot. Um, but pe- people are like really shocked that I'm happy because I'm in a wheelchair. And I'm like, that doesn't make sense. You're in a wheelchair and you're disabled. How are you so happy? I was like, because it's been a good day. Like, why are you so happy? You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's not rocket science you know like wow <laughs> I love that like why are you happy because it's been a good day why aren't you <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, it, and it is true because I think you know that there's a level of ignorance with a lot of people and it's not necessarily ignorance for being ignorant it's ignorance because they don't have the education and there is a massive difference between ignorance for ignorance sake and ignorance because you're not educated and like it's when you're ignorant for the sake of being ignorant, that's when it's a problem. When it's a lack of education, that's when we need to look systemically at the system. Yeah, definitely. And you can you can tell straight away, can't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's like it is palpable, isn't it? When you meet someone and you're like, oh, like you you're no. Yeah, I feel that one. <laughs> you're you're in that group and, and my group yeah. and your group aren't really friends. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> and so Talk to me about some of the big campaigns that you've been involved in, because I think like you've been involved in campaigns with Dove, you've been in, you've been involved in campaigns with Ai Wei, and like I think, and that's not the artist Ai Weiwei before someone like gets that really confused. That's like Ai Wei is in like the letter I, and then Wei is in like pounds and kilos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh wow. So I will, I will be very honest. I'm not very good at like um, promoting myself. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I have, yeah, I've, I've, I've worked with Dove and um, a lot of it is body positivity. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I feel like that was sort of an accident in how I got into that as well. But um, yeah, I just find, I mean, in the media, I just don't see anybody like me. And again, yeah. working with kids, you know, with, with yeah. disabilities and asking them questions like who would you love to be who would you like to be like and, and blah 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 and it's great that they want to be like all these big celebrities and stuff like that and I'm like it would be nice though if you maybe wanted to be you know a bit like somebody that had a disability and you didn't feel like because a lot of the kids I would ask that, that question they'd be like I want to be like that but I know I never will be and I'm like well why why not yeah. and they're like well because you know and I know what they're saying Unlike their friends at school where they're like, oh, I want to be blah, 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 blah. And they never have that, you know, ending of, but I will never be that yeah. because. And it was just so sad. And I was like, no, something needs to change. Um, so, yeah, I'm just I'm just trying to be be one of many, one of many that's making the changes. But I'm very, very lucky. Um, thank you to my agency. Um, <laughs> that, I've, <laughs> that I've worked with, yeah, the likes of Dove. Um, I weigh um, the real catwalk, which is amazing. Um, Facebook, um, <laughs> I'm just trying to, yeah. Um, I've been on done some adverts on TV, which, yeah. was, which, which was nice because you know, everybody, well, most people <laughs> watch adverts, so I'm just, I, I always try and imagine like the kids, even though now they're grown adults, <laughs> that I was mentoring, watching, and thinking, wow. Wow, yeah. that's that's amazing, and you know, 
I always just say to people, it doesn't matter if you, it doesn't, you don't want me to want to be a model or an actor or anything like that. Even if you literally just want, wanted to, I don't know, take up crochet or knitting or something, something yeah. really, really small. And everybody's told you, well, you can't because you're disabled. Like seeing something like that on TV or something could easily spur someone to be like, yeah, I want to do it. I'm going to give it a go. And that's all I want to do. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's so interesting that this, this like, actually this topic of conversation, because I had a very, very similar conversation with Ashley Eakin, who's been on the podcast and she's a director. I don't know if you know her work, but her whole, like, her whole MO is putting disability at the forefront of the big screen in, in like, America and in Hollywood. And it's so interesting because what she also said was so true. She said, you know, we need to be able to see disabled bodies on the big screen because there is like there's such a lack of representation. And actually, I called the episode, I think it was visual representation for the physical manifestation, because if you haven't necessarily seen someone like you doing what you want to do or like in the same realm, it can be so incredibly difficult for you to believe that you can do it. And don't get me wrong, like I will back myself up a hundred percent. Like I will, I'm the first person that will back myself. However, if I haven't seen someone who, who looks like me do something I want to do, it can be quite tricky. Don't get me wrong. I can see myself doing it, but I don't know how it looks because I've never seen it before. And that's why we need representation. And that's why I'm so glad that you came on the podcast to talk about this because you have been that beacon for so many people. Oh, thank you. <laughs> that's all right. I'm here. I'm full of compliments today. I'm feeling really nice. The sun's out. <laughs> Get me on a rainy day and I'm a bitch. <laughs> I'm glad they came today. <laughs> and what's so interesting is that throughout this conversation, like I always ask guests, have they found that they've got a positive attribute within themselves when they've been through hardship? And what I've loved is that you've said, you know, there've been times that have been tough, but actually like you've always pushed for more. And so I wonder like, do you, ha- do you know what your positive attributes are through times of hardship? No, I don't, I have not a clue. I'm not going to lie. Like, I don't know. I, I, I said a while ago, like about, well, it must be like five, six years ago now, um, that I had a yes year. Uh-huh. so yeah so I I really well not that I really realized my friends would tell me but I would say no to a lot of opportunities mm-hmm. um because I just didn't think I was qualified to do it you know yeah. um and yeah I just had this one year where I was like you know what? I'm just gonna say yes to everything in reason um, and yeah and I literally from <laughs> yeah from then um I think yeah, I think everything has sort of changed for me in the way of, because I do, I mean, to, to, to this day, I still like, you know, I'll doubt myself, I'll get like a job through or something, I'm like, no, this, I, I'm sure somebody else could do a better job. And it's weird yeah. to say it, but like, that is just genuinely how I think. But then I'm like, you know what, if they've not found that person, <laughs> and they've asked me to do it, who else is, who else is going to do it if I say no? So yeah, it's sort of, constantly pushing myself just to make sure that somebody else who may do a better job or probably could do a better job does it next time (laughs) I honestly love the fact that you had a yes year and I think so many people would be able to do so much goodness with their life if they if they applied that just to one year like we're already like this episode's not going to go out until later on in this year so like we're in July right now I'm not sure when this episode's going out 
but like the year is going so quickly and if you even just said yes to like every opportunity like you said within reason in the next like six months like how far ahead would you be of your own personal game I'm not talking like you know relationships anything like that but like of the stuff that you wanted to do in terms of your life if you just said yes to every single opportunity that came your way in the next six months how I love that so much that you did that I'm that's like I'm going to take that away and I'm, I'm going to do that for the next six months that that should be that should be your thing the yes year Monique, yes year, yes year. Oh, I'm, <laughs> so good well it really did change it really did change everything I think within that year I got my first like as they say proper job um and that was like working at the school and stuff yeah. and then from that I was um I also am one of five directors um of a company called Triple C which stands for our Creative Confidence Collective. So mm-hmm. we we help people with disabilities all ages, but we also have another strand um, called DANK, which is Disabled Artist Networking Community. Uh-huh. And with that, we work with the TV industry and film, mm-hmm. um, and we work quite closely with like Netflix and BBC now and stuff. Um, and yeah, I think if <laughs> within that same year, I got asked if I wanted to, like be involved with people see and I, I can just imagine myself saying no yeah um and thinking oh but I know somebody else that would be really good for it so I'm like very very yeah honored that I said yes because yeah even just with, with triple c and and everything the modeling again the modeling was similar it's I say it was a yes year and then it just sort of carried on and um, so that first just year say was, yes like yeah just say just say yes you say yeah. So I try to sort of believe in other people's faith in me because yeah. I'm I'm always questioning myself. So yeah, it sort of went from a full yes year to people must see something that I clearly just don't see. So give it a go. If I mess up, I mess up, and I've warned them. <laughs> so you know, I um, love that. Yeah. <laughs> I I honestly love that so much, and that's I like that's going to be the title of this episode. Is just say yes. I love it. Yeah. So <laughs> And and with that, I, I ask every guest as well, like looking back, do you have a piece of advice that you would either give a younger version of yourself or alternatively, someone with the same disability as you who's younger? Yeah, um, I think definitely my younger self is believe in yourself more, even if people don't believe in you. Yeah. Because um, I, I think as I got older, I felt like people didn't believe in me as much for what I wanted to do um and yeah but you know I would say for for anybody else um especially yeah especially with my disability because like you break and you feel sick so much and and yeah. this I mean I remember actually being told as an adult after university and everything through uh, I won't say specifically who and stuff but the, the people that are supposed to help you get work and um, turn around and say you'll be too sick nobody will hire you yeah so yeah so I always from then I for a good year or two I just literally didn't do anything because that really just crushed me like I've done all this hard work I've tried to catch up and do all this and done uni and stuff and then you're saying I can't get a job yeah so yeah um no to, to to anybody actually with a disability definitely believe in yourself don't wait for somebody to believe in you yeah that 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 number one because yeah sadly 
in some cases people just won't no matter what um until you've done it (laughs) and yeah don't listen to what they say to be honest (laughs) because when I just switch my ears back on because when I was a kid I didn't listen to anybody when they were like don't do that don't do this you can't do that like I didn't I did it all I broke all the time but you know a break's gonna happen so um and then you know like teenage years I started listening more because you you think everybody knows better you know at certain points and stuff and and then yeah back to an adult I'm like nah forget it I'll do what I want and I think it's so crucial what you said is that sometimes the people who are meant to help you and who are like in power inverted commas and when when they do say something like that it can be so crushing but also like almost realize within yourself that you are like this is going to sound so cringe but you are the captain of your own ship and like you know your ship the best regardless of what someone is saying to you about it like if you know you can weather the storm then go ahead and do it God, that was Definitely. full of metaphor. Oh my god! I love it. <laughs> it. Was so like so poetic. Honestly, it was I wasted. <laughs> it really was. That was great. Yes, that's exactly what I meant. <laughs> I love that. So for me, I find that I have like a particular set of questions that that I find annoying when people ask me about my disability. And so for me, it's, it's either did a shark bite your arm off or what happened? And now I always ask this is, do you have a particular set of questions that annoy you when, when someone asks you, or you find particularly intrusive about your disability? It's an odd one actually, because a lot of people, when they, weirdly enough, I mean, I'm getting older now. So in the face, I'm not looking that young anymore, but if I like, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, um, especially uh, I, I'll tell you what in the winter people constantly think I'm a kid because you know I've got a hat on got my glasses on got a coat on yeah and I'm three foot five um on so, a good day yeah, on a good day <laughs> I'm probably like three foot three but yeah <laughs> but yeah so people constantly like talk to me and think I'm a kid until I like decamps my coat yeah. <laughs> um you know but no, um, and then from Ben, it's usually, so what's, it, it's it really annoying when I get the, what's wrong? And I'm like, that's real vague. I mean, what do you mean? What's wrong in the day? What's wrong with the world? What, what are you talking about? And I'm like, no, what's what's wrong with you? And I'm like, there's nothing wrong with me, but I have a disability. And then I say what my disability yeah. is. But just to annoy them, I'll say like just a technical term and that's it. <laughs> and I'm like, eh? <laughs> And I was like, it means that I break my bones quite a lot and I'm quite small and use a wheelchair. But not everybody like me is the same as me. And they're like, oh. But yeah, so that's the, 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 the basic of intrusivity. But I will say it's not normally the question that annoys me the most. It's the comments that I get daily. Yeah. Like, slow down. Hey, Speedy, can I get a lift? Um, all those kind of stupid comments that like people think they're being really funny and apparently I've never heard these before because they're so unique like constantly you know what I mean like yeah, uh, yeah like, I like I've literally just had like like at least like five or six comments like come to my head where I'm like yeah everybody who said that to me thought they were being so witty and so clever but they just weren't exactly. I'm like oh and then it'll be just like if you catch me on a bad day just don't like because yeah when I'm terrible I will I will 
the peas will queue start coming out, you know what I mean? But like, um, which doesn't happen very often, it doesn't happen very often. But like most of the time I'm just like, oh, yeah, so funny. Yeah, jump on, why don't you? Don't, no, don't jump on me, I was joking. Kind of thing, because <laughs> people like really will, you know, and they're like, oh, how fast does it go? I'm like, oh my God, let me get my speed monitor out. <laughs> like, mate, come on now. You know, and it's just like so annoying and so frustrating. I'm like, oh my God. But yeah, but so to the point where I wear headphones like more or less everywhere I go now because it happens all the time, like all the time. So there'd be times when <laughs> my own family's been out <laughs> shouting me and I've not seen them, not heard them. I've gone home and they're like, why did you ignore me? I was like, I've got my headphones. You know, I wear headphones everywhere now. Yeah, like I, oh, this is yeah. not intentional. Like, yeah, <laughs> I just, I just didn't hear you, didn't see you. Exactly. Like maybe Loki didn't want to interact with you, but like I'm blaming the <laughs> earphones. Turn the other way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nothing was actually playing. No, I'm joking. But yeah, it's just like, it, and it'd be like, especially like friends and stuff like that. They're like, I was shouting you for ages. I was like, I didn't, I genuinely didn't hear you. But yeah, it just gets to the point where I'm like blocking, blocking people out. Um. But also, it depends where I am. Yeah. I find as well, city centre, um, there's a, especially people that are very religious. Mate, I've never in my life so much tried to dodge people. I don't know about you, but I, it's like a game for me. I'm like, spot them, dodge. I would rather go all the way around the, the town centre just to get around the back of them than go through them because I don't need, I genuinely don't think I need any kind of um, hands on my head or any special prayers anymore because they have clearly not worked. So, <laughs> again, you're not unique, mate, but thank you. Thank you for your time it's and so have a good day. It's interesting that you say this because I've had at least, like, in the past week, and that's not oh. that long, right? In the past oh. week, I've had two to three other people who have all said that like their like their most annoying thing that happens to them it's not a question it's it's people with religion and like I had one like lady on and she was like yeah people have asked to pray over my legs before and I had a double amputee from America he loveliest guy ever Roderick he's so nice and he was like yeah people come up to me and like he was like I've got to the point now I like that they obviously need to get something out of it more than I do but they like I'm constantly asked like I'll, I'll pray for you like I'll pray over your legs like I'll, I'll like you know Jesus will bring them back or, or whoever you believe in will, will bring them back on and, and and it's so it's so mind-boggling but also like quite jarring that particularly religion people think that guising that like pity in religion makes it okay yeah, like, definitely. Jesus basically just said, don't be a dick. That's yeah. basically what the whole of, like, every single religion in the world, that's basically, when you break it down to its fundamental basics, that's basically what they all say. Like, fundamentally, like, whoever you believe in, that's essentially what they said. How, talk to me, how you can justify saying shit like that falls under being, like, religious when you're meant to be, like, all good and helping other, each other out. Like, you're being a dick. Yeah, literally. And I mean, I mean, like, the extremely dramatic, those that will literally... And I, sometimes I don't know if it is because I'm small and they genuinely think I'm a child at first, wandering about the city centre on my own. <laughs> but, like, they literally, like, hand on my head, like, touching me, leaning down the whole 
prayer position and everything. And I'm like, oh, mate, you're drawing attention. And I really did not want this today. Like, please. So thank you very much. It's not the day. It's not the day, my friend. But like, I mean, I mean, there's obviously religious people as well, but I will just very gently, you know, say, you know, God bless you and stuff. And that is absolutely fine. Thank you. You know, but I mean, the full on theatrics in the middle of the city centre, like full on about to do a sermon just for me. I was like, "Uh, no, thank you very much. And goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing like oh, I have absolutely no problem with religion whatsoever but it is it's the dramaticness of it and like guising pity or like guising some form of like self-deprecation in order to make yourself feel like you're being a better person and guising it under religion that's when it's not okay no no definitely definitely and but is, that's that's one nice. of my many pet peeves <laughs> my many, and, it, and, my like, many and it's a, it's a many pet peeve for a lot of people and, and like i just i find it fascinating I, and i do because i think about like just don't be a dick and if, if you think if you think what you're saying might come off as you being a bit of a knob, you probably you probably yeah, yeah, are you probably are yeah, <laughs> if you're thinking maybe it, it's a definite yes yeah and if you're also <laughs> doing it to benefit yourself that's also a problem like because it's never going to benefit me in the long run like never in a million years no, no never never also apparently i've never got anything better to do or i'm not in a rush ever ever constantly yeah. just getting stopped like i'm like no i was i was about to go and do yeah apparently you know especially being in a wheelchair i guess i've never got anywhere to go or anything to do so i've got plenty of time to sit there and Accept your, your <laughs> all your seven. blessings. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh god, I'm, I'm now late for a meeting, but you know, okay. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. Thank you, thank you. But yeah, I have <laughs> one final question for you, Monique, and that is: Can you say that you're disabled and proud? Disabled and proud. Yes, definitely. I mean, I could never imagine not being disabled as odd as that may sound to some people but no I am disabled and proud (laughs) oh thank you so much for coming on today I've absolutely loved this conversation it's been really wonderful and like like, everything you've said is really like I've loved it especially going back to like like say yes to everything and and believing in yourself I've I've really really loved that because I think a lot of people need to hear that so thank you so much for coming on I've, I've loved this Thank you for having me. No worries. See you soon. Thanks for listening to this episode of Disabled and Proud. If you've enjoyed the show, then please give it some love by leaving us a five-star review wherever you download your podcasts. It really helps us to reach more and more people each week. Plus, if you've got a particular highlight, then I'd absolutely love to hear it. Tag me on your Insta stories at Disabled and Proud Podcast.